that I'm winning by a lot. 93.3 and AM 560. That's why I listen. KWTO. It's what the hill? What? I understood that reference. The latest happenings on Capitol Hill with Elijah Harshow contributor Joel Cannon on KWTO. What the hill Wednesday? My second favorite day of the week. I like Sundays and Wednesdays. You know, I grew up Baptist. Sunday morning, Sunday night, Wednesday night, you're in church. So those are my favorite. My two favorite days, but uh, we're going to talk today about the Food and Drug Administration. A lot of people probably had not really heard of them, uh, but they got real popular, unpopular during COVID because they have a lot to do with, um, you know, they monitor food supplies, drug shortages, what's going in the drugs. They're sort of a regulatory agency. So unlike a lot of other federal agencies and offices that do grants and the FDA does have some grant programs, but they're, they're mostly a a regulatory agency. They have 20,000 employees. If you can even believe it, a lot of scientists, um, you know, they monitor the quality of drugs, food, um, medical devices, uh, veterinary, like, uh, animal drugs also, and, you know, they're kind of fly under the radar. And I would, I would say until COVID, they're supposed to be assessing safety, um, of these drugs, certain products, uh, biological product, pro- um, products, medical devices, our food supply, cosmetics, any product that emits radiation. So they're supposed to be sort of a consumer advocacy, consumer protection organization. We spend $7 billion a year on them. But in FY uh, fiscal year 2023, Biden asked for a 33% increase in their budget. So they spend about $8.5 billion a year now. Uh, One of the reasons Biden said they needed an increase was for e-cigarette monitoring and oversight but you know i just feel like we've got some stories coming up about you know the whole what did they know and when did they know it and this is an ongoing problem with with drugs and the fda they have thousands of employees twenty thousand. they have thousands of scientists that they pay a lot of money the top 100 so of their of their eight billion dollar budget two and a half billion of that is on salaries and their top 100 paid employees make all make over $280,000. They have six employees making $400,000 a year. Um, but just like other federal agencies, they have their own slew of problems. They have employees who don't pay their taxes. They conduct studies. They know results and they don't tell the, the public. They hide things. Um, and then there's like the bad Apple employee situation. So I just thought we would talk about a couple different employee scandals at the Food and Drug Administration. Uh, some of these are older. Some of them are newer. They've had, they had one employee go to jail for, um, between 2008 and 2012. They falsified their tax returns to the tune of $3.4 million and pled guilty to that. Uh, I, I have a couple favorites. I think my favorite is there was a chemist at the FDA who was sentenced to 60 months in prison.
for insider trading. So he, along with his son, they were taking inside information and essentially making money off of the pharmaceutical securities market. And they made, you know, they made, they brought in almost $4 million between the two of them, but they were caught and they got sentenced to 60 months in jail. Another personal, oh, yeah, I mean, crazy. They, they ended up, they had, um, insider trading worth about three, 3.7 million and then they made two and a half million off that. Another favorite, the director of radiology for the FDA. And so, like I mentioned before, one of the things that the FDA monitors is devices that emit radiation. So the director of radiology, uh, he got in trouble for four counts of soliciting prostitutes. And this came up, ironically, during an investigation of the FDA general counsel. This was a few years ago, secretly compiled and uh, put together emails from FDA employees. He basically authorized internal spying on FDA employees. And there was a watchdog group that got involved, but one of the things that came out of that is, um, you know, an FDA employee soliciting prostitutes, uh, likely on taxpayer time, you know, if I had to guess. But... Um, there have been, they also have, the FDA, they love their conferences. So they travel all over the country and the world going to these conferences for medical device safety or drug safety. And um, the Office of Inspector General did a look at their travel credit card reporting and found 46 categories that were medium to high risk for waste, fraud, and abuse with these um, employee travel credit cards. So, you know, I don't know that anybody on Capitol Hill is looking at it, at fixing it, but this is definitely, um, you know, they're under the Health and Human Services. So I think at this point when, when transparency should be so easy because of the technological advances that we've had and there's so much scrutiny on what is in medications, what's in over-the-counters, what is in these vaccines that they're producing, and and really the ethics behind it. When are they, how much money are we spending on conducting studies, and what are we doing with that information? And we found during COVID, you know, they were, they were experimental things that they were looking at, and they would have results that they didn't like, that didn't fit the narrative, and they wouldn't put that information out. Um, so, I just think the FDA is ripe for some congressional oversight, even though it's, it is a smaller one of the it's a smaller agency in dollar amount, although 20,000 employees is, is no small number. So I think that is something that our friends on the House Congressional Oversight Committee need to look at. Is there, do, do, so that, this is one of the things I like to complain about is in Missouri. We love complaining. Uh, well, in Missouri, we used to have a pretty ambitious government oversight committee in the legislature. I feel like they've allowed that to just sort of wither on the vine. I think part of it is partisanship. When we had Jay Nixon there. We love to go after his people, but now there's a Republican, so it's a little less in, if fun to do. Um, is the Gov Oversight Committee in Washington, D.C., is that a hot ticket? So it's an interesting question because overall, it depends on what you view as a hot item, right? 
No, it's not considered an A committee. The the top committees, Ways and Means, Appropriations, Commerce, um, these are sort of the high dollar ones, hard to get on, a lot of lobbyist money flow through those committees, um, a lot of influence. Those are considered A committees. Oversight committee, n- no. It's more of like, well, we'll stick our conservatives there, basically. It's kind of a B-list, C-list committee as far as Washington influence is concerned. But with the influx of conservatives and, you know, even to the right of conservatives, and I think it, it, it has become a little bit of a selling point for certain groups of legislators. But I don't think those legislators are looking to impress Washington. I think they're looking to impress their base. Is that a problem? No, it's not a problem. But <laughs> we have the same if, if problem gonna, in, in Missouri, which is you'd get on the committee, but you just like want to do a show for the camera. Exactly. That's what I was just going to say. It's like, well, if you're getting on there because you actually want to dive into these things. I mean, our congressman is Eric Burleson. He's he is on the committee and, you know, they they've done some decent dives in these congressional hearings, which we have, you know, provided him with information related to some of their investigations. But the question is the follow-up. Like, what are they doing after it? Like, you can have a hearing and do the dog and pony show, but then what? And without having the power of the purse overall, since we don't control the Senate, it's like, well, can we cut these people's budget? And I've talked about this a lot on the show, but it's the Goldilocks syndrome. Oh, well, you can't cut waste, fraud, and abuse because it's too little. But you can't go after the big programs because it's too much. And it's like, well, there's never a good place where they're, okay, well, this is the thing we're going to cut because everything has its defenders. So I think it's a great committee. It's one that if you want to, to do the work and you've got ideas for how the government can be exposed and be, you know, a little more efficient, it's a great committee. But again, the problem is follow through and actually doing something with the information. But speaking of the FDA, I want to come back and talk about the FDA. There is an today. This week, actually just yesterday, the FDA voted unanimously to recognize the fact that the active ingredient in Sudafed and DayQuil does nothing. It's like a placebo effect. That's not as big a deal as the fact that the FDA knew this since 2007. For almost 20 years, you've been buying water pills on the shelf that's been advertised as a nasal decongestion, and the FDA has allowed it to happen. As a parent of a child with allergies who has been on these types of medications since the day she was born almost, it's infuriating. I mean, we have spent more money on allergy medication in my household than I, and I have no allergies, zero allergies, but it's like they, when did they know? And how long of, I mean, before my child was born, they knew, and I've been wasting money for seven years on this. It's infuriating. So we'll come back. We're going to talk about the FDA a little bit more. Don't forget 537, our snake draft, the worst duos in history. That'll be a fun one. We'll be right back. I came into this 
world I was lost, not found Did not hold me in its arms like it holds me now So I dreamt myself a bird who could cross the waves And I woke up just a man who was miles away Miles away 